Welcome to Rebecca Sounds Reveille. Today's guest is so inspiring. He's got some very, very unique talent and ideas that he shares on screen. He's a writer, producer, and actor and director. His directorial debut came about with his award-winning promotional short, Modern Living and You. I've got to share some stuff with you about this. Anyway, this film has heavy ties into his full feature, Roach Motel. And we're going to let him talk about that as well. He is primarily known for being behind the camera, but is really known for his role in Truly Madly. And he is also known for mixing different art styles and filming techniques with his love for philosophy and psychology. And this is where it gets interesting. Welcome to the show, Lucio Fonza. Thank you so much. It's, it's such a pleasure to be here, Rebecca. I am very happy to have you on the show. I have had an opportunity to see your work. And I've got to tell you, when I was able to see one one star of the show with a narrator convey what it did in such a short period of time. I was mesmerized. The audio on it was fabulous. The acting in it, the narration, everything I think that you wanted to convey and maybe even a little bit more was absolutely there. Tell me how you got started. Yeah. So I, for about five or six years, I have been trying to um, write something that mixes my love of philosophy and psychology and my love for film, really. Um, and so, you know, I there are so many projects that I had shelved uh, before going on to Roach Motel because it came down to, well, this is interesting to me because I, I love exploring different genres. Uh, I, I had one that was uh, fun. I, I wanted to explore uh, that Fellini, Federico Fellini style. <laughs> but, you know, it, it was finding a way to kind of adapt that into a modern type of setting. That, that was what I found very difficult. And while some of those things were interesting to me, I just couldn't find a way to make it interesting to a general audience. Uh -huh. um, so that could be tough. But with Roach Motel, it didn't take me too long to write. I had initially wrote that uh, way before Modern Living. And Modern Living was, um, it was a very, um, it happened right before we uh, started shooting. I wanted to do, because we had, with Roach Motel, we had one short teaser. Mm -hmm. And what we wanted to do was test out audio and um, video and how we can make something feel and sound as if it is of the time period, which it takes place. Mm -hmm. So I quickly thought of those um, PSAs of the forties and the fifties and this having, um, I wouldn't say themes of communism, but communism being a running thing, uh, more of a, probably a MacGuffin's not a good word, but more of a running theme throughout the film. I decided to make this solely about 
more of the point of view of two characters that we get to see in the uh-huh. feature film. Although these characters, you know, the narrator and um, the star of the short film, Modern Living in You, they do not come back in the feature, but okay, they are, it's basically a metaphor for a relationship that we see throughout Roach Motel. And with that, we got to uh, the philosophical, uh, the philosopher I'm looking to explore in Roach Motel is uh, Sartre, Jean-Paul Sartre, which we hinted at a little bit with Modern Living and You, but Uh mostly focused on John Berger, who was uh, this art critic who was talking about the, you know, the male gaze uh, even before it had gotten that terminology back in the seventies. And <laughs> it was, uh, it, it was very interesting, uh, seeing, uh, reading, uh, the ways of, uh, seeing, and that was what really, uh, influenced it. His, his thoughts in that book. Um, now with Roach Motel, I do want to, keep a, a few things under wrap a few uh, a few of the yeah. themes um yes it, it's gonna it's fun exploring jean paul sartre in, in in a way in the way that we're doing we explore his ideas of bad faith and um you know the the big i would say probably the biggest theme in this is a sense of purpose. These characters are, they're burdened by a sense of purpose. They're weighed down by this Mm -hmm. sense of purpose. They are looking for meaning in a chaotic universe. And why are these characters living in bad faith? And what it comes down to is, well, with what bad faith what we uh what jean paul sartre defined as bad faith is uh he had this quote of uh exist or yeah existence precedes essence mm-hmm. and what he means by that is freedom is daunting and it is it's just it's it's scary and due to this we can feel abandoned by this chaotic universe so because of this we try to we try to avoid our own freedom do we truly want to be free and oh uh, go ahead yeah it's just what's coming to mind is the actress first expression or maybe lack thereof when the narrator brings on her role as sort of a housewife and that's where the freedom is because there's a question that lies right there and you just see this just sort of this blank realization that there is something other than what she had been living. Right. Right. That in itself was just so precise. And 
such insight into what you were trying to convey. I mean, I caught it right that second. And now I was, I mean, just hanging on it from that point on, where's this going? What's happening? What am I, what do I need to grasp within this? And I will tell you, I mean, it was just, boom, there it is. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly what we were going for. I, Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm I'm glad you caught on to that. Um, With that, you know, we had body language, I believe, is very important uh, within films. And so I was very precise about the body language. And, you know, Cindy, she was uh, she was wonderful. And so was Jeremy. they were wonderful in their roles and I would di- directing uh, Cindy and directing Jeremy the way that how I would tell her to look and how I would tell her to stand. I, I, I want these characters to convey a certain emotion through physicality and you know that being said these actors that i'm working with um they are able to convey this in ways that you know i i don't have to direct them where they will just do something and i'll instantly latch on to that and you know i i love moments like that um you know it, it it's just um it can really just make the scene. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm thinking about how succinct that when you get something that truly encapsulates what you want to convey, it allows that movement and that fluidity to go throughout the rest of the film and also leave at the very end something for more should you want to further develop something from that particular work of art. Oh yeah. Yeah, a- absolutely. And, you know, exploring uh, these different ideologies and it, different films that have influenced me and my style, you know, I would say uh, some of the biggest influences on Roach Motel is uh, if you remember Key Largo with Humphrey Bogart or oh, yes. uh, Akira Kurosawa's High and Low, Badlands, um, His Girl Friday. That was a, a big influence on the dialogue and how I write it. I mean, there are just so many. Uh, I, you know, I it's fun getting to take certain scenes um, to pick out different scenes and sort of recreate that in my own way. Uh, That's, that's always something that I love to do. I've always been someone who really wears my influences on my sleeve and just getting to, uh, inject that into this film has been wonderful. I love that. And I am thinking based on the dynamics of the different genres 
the different aspect between art and philosophy and psychology and the dynamics thereof that you're going to gain and be able to share new insight into personality, behavior, and um, internal things, whether it's um, on, I, I won't go too far in there. I'm going to leave that to you, but I, I can see some things that can sort of be brought out that have not come about in a way that you're already starting to convey them. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There is, um, you know, I, I've talked a lot about SART uh, with our next film, but there are many philosophers that we have, um, that we briefly bring into the film. And I say briefly, because we do really want to focus on you know, one ideology and not kind of mm -hmm. have this mixing bowl. But I would say uh, just getting to play around with different philosophies has been uh, just an absolute, an absolute blast. And I mean, showing uh, it's, it's fun to really get into these characters heads a bit absolutely yes Lord, um, yeah so do you think that one of the things that fostered your interest in developing it the way that you have was an early interest in psychology or the arts i would say uh the arts probably came first and okay you know, the philosophy came after it because film can be a lot more than mm -hmm. what it, it can be a lot more than what it seems. And film can have so much depth to it. And that's what I want to bring to it. I film uh, in the future. I mean, I'm going to explore if I can, different philosophers, many of which, I mean, some of these philosophies I don't agree with. Um, some of these philosophers in general um, that I'm wanting to explore, I may not agree with. Sure. But if I only explore philosophers that I do agree with, it's there's not going to be too much to go on because it's just going to be the same thing. So I want to broaden I, I want to broaden my horizons with this and kind of challenge myself uh, with these mm -hmm. different philosophers and their ideologies because that's what I'm looking to do with these films is challenge the audience in a way and I you know the cast and crew that I'm working with they've been absolutely wonderful and I I was in the beginning specifically looking for theater actors since this is very influenced by uh, theater. Yes. I, uh, you know, I don't want to say which play it is, but this is more of a loose adaptation of a certain play. Uh it's it takes influences from many other plays, but 
for the most part, this is a very um, absurdist film. And the thing about absurdism and uh, in plays, it is incredibly hard to adapt. Okay. And it finding a way to adapt these absurd plays has been very challenging, but I would say it's very, um, I am pretty satisfied with how I've done it. Uh, it can be challenging because, you know, with film and theater, you have these two different, these two different, um, platforms and with theater it's more relying on character and characters than it is with story and film is can rely on character but it primarily we have to have a story with fluidity a story that makes sense something that we can follow that's well structured theater doesn't really have to do that so absurd plays truly play around with this and something like waiting for Godot doesn't really make sense the way a structured story does. Uh It is on purpose. It's what Samuel Beckett intended. Um, Things like uh, the maid, you know, that doesn't make sense or the rhinoceros and there is a purpose for it um, because life doesn't make sense. So why should these stories make sense? And so these playwrights, they play around with that. And having that and playing around with that into a different medium like film, it, it can be challenging, but when you structure it to a point where it is fluid and it can follow these steps of absurdism, it can be very interesting and very, very jarring, but not in a bad way. An interesting kind of jarring. I like that you're sharing this with us and I will tell you why this has been the hundred dollar question, uh, figuratively on Rebecca sounds probably for many years now, because I will have had actors that come on and they'll share that they've been, uh, both a stage actor and on film. And I'll ask them, which one do they like better? And it, and what makes it different? And you just gave the best definition of of the difference between the two and why it's so important, because it's not just about that you have to project more or make the character a little bit more animated so that people way back can see it. And you're talking about things that are very, very uh, specific to what the playwright or the writer of a film wants wants the audience to grasp from that or what they can sort of create from that. And so I love how that you have shared this. So I want to ask you too, what would you like your 
those that are out there watching to learn from this and how can they connect with you? Oh, you can uh, connect th- uh, through Instagram at Inkwell Fonza. Uh, you can connect through Facebook uh, out of the Inkwell Productions. Um, you can also connect through my LinkedIn, which is Lucio Fonza. Um, Hmm, yeah, my IMDb. Yes, your IMDb. And we can see your work on YouTube as well. There's a lot of a lot of that out there. If you look up Inkwell in itself, you're gonna find a ton of information in addition to that. Can we be on the lookout for something coming out here soon or in the next couple of years? Oh, I mean, I sure hope so. I hope we can get a Roach Motel out there soon. Um, I love doing interviews. I love meeting and talking to different people and building up my connections. Um, But yeah, Roach Motel is uh, the thing that I'm really, you know, attached to right now. And that I've really been promoting at the moment. Uh, But yeah. Excellent. Excellent. We're going to focus on this. Lucy. I mean, we got, we've got to get this out there because I think that this is an absolutely different way that people need to go internal. And this is fresh. It's exciting. It's uh, the way that you have presented everything on screen is so succinct. And I'm all for that because that tells me how important it is for you to do what you're doing and the message that you want to get out there. And I love that. I I am 100% for that. So many people think, well, for a feature film, I need to have an hour and a half to two hours. So I've got to come up with fluff and there's uh, stuff where people are getting up and they're going to go get their popcorn or they're just, you know, kind of checking out and checking on social media. They're not there, but you're delivering something that is so engaging. You don't want to miss any of it. And you know that even if I were to watch it again, I'm going to pick out some more things and every single, every single second of the scene is intentional. Yeah. And this is, I just love it. I absolutely love it. So we're going to talk more. I know that your time is very valuable. I want to thank you for coming on the show today. You are coming back because I've got so much more that I want the audience to pick up on and you've got to deliver. So (laughs) I am just so thankful you were here today. Well, thank you. It was such a pleasure being a part of this, uh, this podcast. I know D Wallace came before me, so I hope I, you know, I, (laughs) that, that was a, big character to come after. So I hope I kind of, um, I, you know, I hope I made up for it in a way. I hope it wasn't a disappointment. Let me tell you, if, uh, if we can uh, have the, if we can have some things, some footage to attach to this, we are, we're going to be golden. I got to tell you. So thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to have you back again really soon. And I am just very excited about your work. Absolutely. It was wonderful being, being on and I'll be back soon. And thank you all for tuning into another episode of Rebecca Sounds Reveille. Oh boy. Have you got to connect.
with Lucio Fonza. I'm telling you, this is new. It's fresh. It's exciting. Drew me in. And I'll tell you, if you've caught my attention, there's there's something in that. So make sure that you get that all out everywhere you can on social media, your friends, your family, everybody that you know, and everybody that you don't. Thanks for tuning in.